This week on Inside Motorsport, we look at the Bahrain Grand Prix and also continue our chat with Ian Tate. I hope you'll stay with us. First to the Bahrain Grand Prix with the Formula One season kicking off in the kingdom and Lewis Hamilton has started his season perfectly, the first time in over five years that he has won the first race of the season and he did it holding off a hard-charging Max Verstappen. He spoke to F1.com after the race and said it wasn't what he was expecting. Oh, I'm so happy. I really, really am absolutely over the moon just to see the, the response from the team. Knowing how difficult today really it was, it was so tough. For the first race, was not, um, I was not expecting that we'd be in that position be able to keep up with him in the first stint and stuff, so I was really grateful for it. Max Verstappen had his chances. The two drivers spoke about how they saw each side of the coin. Uh, obviously, we stopped so early, um, quite shorter than our, our planned strategy, so even with the strategy lap that I would have stopped, that was already going to be difficult to keep him behind, but he went so much longer and had much fresher tyres, so I, I, um, I knew that I was... And then they said, like, he's going to catch you with 10 laps to go, and I was thinking, uh, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but you know, we knew this weekend and through testing that we were going to be on the back foot, and there's been a lot of worry, I think, in the team, but we pulled it through. And of course, I was outside of the track limit when I passed Lewis, so they told me to give the position back. Um, so yeah, it's what it is. I mean, uh, I gave the position back, and then I tried again, but I didn't have the tyres anymore. Of course, I had newer tyres, but... As soon as you get within one and a half seconds, they also degrade very quickly, and it's super hard to follow with these cars, especially with how the the wind was today. It was really not helping out of turn one through turn two, and like all in the old critical corners where you want to stay close, it was even like hurting even more. So uh, it's what it is. But in a way, I mean, of course, I'm I'm disappointed about today, but last year we would be super happy with a race like this. So it also shows how much we have grown, and I think uh, it's a, it's still a positive start to the season. And uh, it's still a long season ahead, so I see it as uh, only seven points dropped. And uh, we'll, we'll try to do better next time. Welcome back to Inside Motorsport. We're with Ian Tate, and we've just been hearing something of the early days of HDT. Um, Harry was a fascinating man. You met him very early in your life and obviously had a, a very deep relationship with him. I did. I was lucky enough to have a relationship with Harry. I mean, he always, and he went into print, that... Uh, Peter Brock and myself were, were his sons. Well, we weren't, but I, I probably um, spent more time with Harry than I did with my own family at that time um, because I had a passion for what we were doing and um, and that's the way it went. But, but uh, you know, the deal team was formed with Colin and uh, Colin Bond and Peter Brock as the lead drivers and what a fantastic combination it was at the time. We knew those guys would give us 110% when they got in the car and they expected us to perform exactly the same, give them everything they wanted, and it worked very strongly. Uh, Peter got off his, on his high horse a number of times to the stage where, I think, 71, one of our mechanics belted him on his arm that bloody hard and nearly broke his arm, the left arm, and uh, he was pretty quiet after that um, and had a bit more respect for us. Uh, than what we were trying to achieve. I think he's getting wound up by his father at the time, and uh, Harry banned his father from getting coming anywhere near the pits uh, when the races were on or even before the races. And uh, but Peter was a brilliant driver. Uh, Seventy-two, he was so dedicated to that car. 
Uh, he came to the film final here uh, on 71, and he raced with uh, Moffat. And I think every lap they probably changed places five times. Um, and although we had a bit of issues with the with the car, he he, you could see that that changed his his thinking. That I can beat Moffat. I can beat him. And 72, uh, of course, we got the issue, the, the 202 LJs, and they're a far superior car. And um, we, we, Harry had, didn't have the finances that Ford had. Ford were a union workshop. The mechanics were on union wages. We didn't got paid overtime. We never got paid weekends away. It was all part of your work. But um, we loved what we are doing. But uh, the, the Peter come into, was made to come into work every day. Colin was in Sydney, he could go away with murder, he'd racing, he's playing with his yachts up there or whatever. Peter would come to work every day. And he would sit in that car, even though it was on four stands, with a ginge and gearbox out of it, uh, he would sit in that car for an hour, looking ahead, holding the steering wheel. Uh, I think he's on crackers, what's wrong with him? You know? <laughs> um, but he, he was focusing the car, we had a winter sand there, we had a disastrous sand there, uh, the pistons failed and we... Every extra one of sand there failed, um, and we had to build new motors for the cars. Was, for it, was it a wrong supply? Piston? Yes, the uh, pistons were, were heat treated properly, yep. and uh, they, fa- they, all, they were soft and they failed, uh, detonated and burnt holes in them, and every extra one. Same story. Anyway, we, we, we got more pistons and we built new engines, and uh, Peter and I drove the cars to Bathurst uh, on the on the. That would have been on the Friday, Thursday. Pretty wild, sort of uh, we, we left work at some stage, I can't remember what time, maybe four, and we got to uh, somewhere up the, uh, uh, the, the, the long plains in, out of Wagga, or somewhere near Wagga, and uh, Peter stopped and said, I, I think we, I want to do some slipstreaming. Uh, what, what's B, Peter? Well, flat. I'll be in front and I want you to try and pass me and then we'll swap places. We did that for an hour or so. Of course, in those days, you uh, there was no speed limit in New South Wales. You had to be you had to catch it for dangerous driving. Well, we weren't driving dangerous. We were just speeding. Anyway, um, well, the result is that it was dark, and um, I, I was in front of Brock at the time. I couldn't see him. I couldn't see his headlights or anything. Anyway, I kept on going. I thought, geez, I better stop. Anyway, I stopped, and Brock was right behind me. And I'd take these two headlights out. We were over a bit of patch road. And I, Ellie's bass actually won the white battle. I took his headlights and windscreen out. So we had to get the bathers early the next morning and uh, before Harry got there and uh, trimmed the car out a bit for, for Harry to find out what was going on. Do you think he learned something from that, Peter? He, well, he, he wanted to know, of course, he, he then wanted to drive Brock, uh, Colin's car. I said, what for? They're both the same. I want to drive them. Okay, we'll line them up side by side. Okay, we'll change back again. He was convinced that both cars were the same. They were never any difference. They were always the same. But he was very, very focused. And I don't think anyone would beat him on that weekend at Bathurst. He'd been practising in that workshop for, for weeks. <laughs> he was focused. What, what, my job is to win the race. What have I got to do to win the race? He was driving that circuit in the car. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, or he got a lucky break with Colin. The tyres he finished up with really, they should have gone to Colin's car. But Harry made why? I don't know. He'd have to ask Harry. He's not here to ask, but uh, he, he changed tyres at the last minute and poor old Colin got the other set and Peter got those and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. He handed Moffat uh, and uh, Moffat spun the finish up at Castrol and that was it. Yeah. But um, 
73 was a bit different. We had a, a improved production. We had a lot more horsepower. We had 230 odd horsepower, and that was a better quality car. And well, I think we got fastest time of, time up there during the race, and uh, we ran out of petrol. That's another story, but it's unfortunate. Um, uh, he was planned. Doug was scheduled to come in on that stop, that lap. He cut it over the top, and of course, you can still run the pits with a dead engine. Yes. But he hit the bottom corner too late, halfway up the hill. He tried to bump start it. Of course, it was a hot day, and he was in maybe mid-50s. And then he get out of the car, and put the handbrake going, and start pushing uphill. Until, but Peter's drive towards the finish was incredible. I mean, you, you had to see to believe his lap times and how much he was catching Moffat. Uh, it was incredible. And in fact, the function we had that night because we were supposed to win that one, just like Ford the year before, and uh, they didn't win because we beat them, and Big Pete Geegan put a, his number 12 through their, their their birthday cake they were having, upset their party. But the, the 73, uh, we were supposed to win, and uh, they had a, generally had a function going, and the first two people to walk in and congratulate us on uh, Brock's performance uh, was Howard Marsden and Madeline Moffat. We were all pretty looking pretty sorry for ourselves. They come in and cheered the whole place up and said, you blokes done a fantastic job today. And that's what it was like in those days. Yeah. The drivers respected each other. So you worked professionally in motorsport for 15 years? Oh, I started professionally in you know, uh, 63 with Harry and still involved in it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it's been passion all three. What's the most enjoyable part of what you've been involved in? I mean, you've obviously had a lot of success, and obviously success oh, makes look, it worthwhile. I, I, was, I was really lucky. We, we were part of the whole dealer team in a, a fantastic period. I left the dealer team, and uh, I'd known Jansen for life, Peter Jansen, and I built an issue for him in 76, and, uh, and that led later on to build engines for Bob Morris and a lot of... Uh, Scotty Taylor, a lot of people. In that year, we uh, Kevin Bartlett drove with Peter at Bathurst in 1976, uh, and we finished uh, fifth after breaking an axle. Uh, I built the engine for Bob Morris, who won the race, and uh, that set me off in a, a line to build a lot of engines for a lot of teams over the next 10 years of uh, Engine that building period. was the thing that you... The uh, engine building was the thing I, I concentrated on when I left the dealer team. Yeah. Uh, we built an engine for Doug Whiteford in 1976 who won a class in the North Honda Civic. So we weren't, we could build four cylinder engines as well as V8s. Right. Um, and uh, it was a fantastic period. But I, in 1980, I was I starting to wear thin, going to Bathurst all these years and leaving the family home. I had three boys at home. And um, I decided to get involved in historics and I built the little prefect I had and uh, I got involved in the VHRR in 1980 and uh, uh, had a fantastic period uh, being involved in historic racing. Come back talking about historic racing in Ian Tate. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. We continue our chat with Ian Tate next week. Until then, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.